Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm really enthused and excited to have Mika Eddy on the show today. So Mika is the Director of Clinical Product Innovation at United Health Group. Uh, Mika's on to tell us her story and why she got into health. She's doing some interesting things, but most importantly, I'm not going to steal her thunder. Mika, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Anthony. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great, great, great for you to peel off some time to do this with me and to share your story and what you're focused on. But um, maybe teleport us back, uh, tell, you know, kick us off by telling us a little bit about uh, where, where, what led you to become the person you are or a little bit about your origin story. Sure. So I don't know exactly where to start. Um, I'm originally from Tokyo, Japan. I grew up um, I'm, I'm a U.S. citizen, but I grew up in Japan. I spent some time in Thailand and in China I, and then studied abroad in, um, in Germany as well. So kind of getting different perspectives and I think both personal and secondhand experiences in these different places really led to um, an interest in and now passion for healthcare. So I've been in healthcare and, and the life sciences for the past 10 years um, and really have only worked in the, in the industry. Um, but I would say some of the personal experiences, um, I come from a, a line of, of doctors in, in the family, and I think that was something I'd always considered. I was pre-med and undergrad. Um, both my, my dad and my grandmother were physicians, and so I was always somewhat interested in, you know, in medicine and human anatomy. And um, I remember going through... My grandmother's textbooks when I was young, and she was an OBGYN in Japan. And I remember seeing a, a prolapsed um, uterus, which is kind of <laughs> graphic, and wondering, mm-hmm. you know, just amazed at kind of the, the human body and, and all it was capable of, as well as what can happen when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I, you know, I entered um, at Stanford, I studied human biology, I was pre med. And then by the time I got to my senior year, I started. Um, shadowing some doctors at Stanford Hospital. And I also took a global public health class. And that really started to shift my perspective away from practicing medicine and kind of that one-on-one helping individuals, um, you know, and and instead opting for more macro or higher um, level kind of change and impact Mm -hmm. at a broader scale. And so in one class in particular, and one professor really um, sort of set my my mo and kind of guiding principles that have been with me um, since you know and throughout my my career now for the past ten years or so and that was just how do we leverage low cost and low tech innovation to improve access and delivery of care particularly for the most vulnerable populations um, and you know in, in Thailand I had seen kind of preventable or treatable conditions and what can happen when you don't have running water. Um, in Nepal, I had myself gotten amoebic dysentery and didn't have antibiotics. Oh, wow. Oh. So, you know, just from kind of various, and then of course in, in China, now what's going on with, with coronavirus, um, you know, it's not very surprising when you see uh, kind of these open air markets and mm-hmm. um, what, what can happen and sort of the trifecta of, um, you know, how these illnesses are 
disease can can start. And so I became really interested in then, of course, being in Silicon Valley and the influence of you know Facebook at the time when I was graduating and friends were going to work for Google and spending all their time on you know getting people to click ads. I was, became very interested in how we can use the power of of tech to um, empower and enable people to live healthier lives and um, kind of manage and take control of their health. I love it. I love it, Mika. Yeah, no, it's. It, I, I really appreciate your background, the the, the different um, disciplines that have been brought together in combination with what you've been through in, in your life, what you've seen, and and obviously you can hear and see the passion and and have having it being expressed in what you're doing today is is super fascinating. And you know what? I, I guess along those lines, what I'd love to hear more about is uh, you know some of these things you're already mentioning here, but you know you're seeing so much in health. We're seeing so many things change in health today on a global level, on a local level, but, but what has you most uh, fascinated about health right now? Like, what are you most interested mm-hmm. in? What are you seeing that's, that really has your fixation in health these days? Yeah, great question. I would say a couple of things, and first, maybe by theme or by idea, and what I work in currently at, at United is really in population and preventative health. Mm-hmm. And again, this intersection of healthcare, technology, and, you know, even related to technology, but data science and kind of predictive analytics. So the idea of aggregating various data sets and leveraging, um, you know, whether open source or available APIs to build a kind of seamless and user experience that can, again, help empower people to take control and live healthier lives. And, you know, United Healthcare, their mission is to help members live healthier lives. Um, and I think because United is so, uh, has the the tech arm with Optum, um, mm-hmm. I think it's been a really unique to leverage, again, technology, combine that with the healthcare expertise and offer something that um, really does help, you know, not just members, but patients and, and you know, consumers, mm-hmm. all of us to, um, make healthier choices and, and take your actions. So that's that's what I work on day to day that I'm very excited about. And one application of this and, you know, what I'm working on is um, in the voice assistant and voice tech space. So um, excited about kind of this idea of in care in the home and also helping um, people age in place and comfortably in their home and mm-hmm. kind of similar to... Um, Atul Gawande, if you've read Atul Gawande's book on being mortal. Mm. Um, and I think growing up outside the U.S. and then coming here and seeing how, you know, how social isolation and um, the aging population and people are facing, you know, just different issues, maybe not with their family and no one's checking on them. No one's reminding them to take their medications or reminding them to get to their appointments on time. It, it can be a quite, um, how can we take something that, you know, technology that may already be in the home or already in the pockets of, of these um, patients and um, make it very easy for them to navigate the system and, again, to take healthier actions so that, they can age comfortably and age in place. So that's that's kind of one theme area, I think, by mm-hmm. therapeutic area more generally. Um, one area I'm personally very interested in is 
is uh, women's women's health and looking at kind of predictive biomarkers. And mm. I think lately there's been an explosion in and biomarkers can be, you know, defined broadly, whether it's like early cancer detection, you have circulating tumor DNA, um, or you're looking at vocal biomarkers, for example, um, right? How do we take these signals that may indicate a disease or condition uh, may be developing in, in its early stages and use that information to, again, intervene and um, to help, um, you know, prevent disease from manifesting or at least from getting worse. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. Um, Nika, this is great. Yeah, no, super, super fascinating, um, you know, things that you're seeing and, and, you know, focus on these days. And it is pretty exciting, you know, from home healthcare, you know, the biomarkers and DNA elements and those, um, those elements being opportunities to personalize health in a greater way. Um, just super fascinating and super exciting. Um, let me, let me ask you, I guess along those lines, you know, these phenomenon really paved the way for a very interesting future in health. And as you work on these things every single day and see them, wh- where do you see health going in the futures? Uh, or I guess said another way, I'd love to hear about, you know, the future of health, uh, according to Mika, what do you, what do you see happening and what would you like to see more of happening? Yeah. So I feel, so that's kind of two, two questions. One is sort of where things may go and then where we would hope that they would go and hope to steer things in that direction. So I think the first, which is sort of where things are going, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about this idea um, of the human body is kind of, you know, why, just like as we do with our our automobiles, our vehicles, our cars, we understand we have so many sensors on them, right? And we understand when we need to take it in for an oil change, or we understand when um, the brakes are, the brake pads are replacing, or, um, you know, the water pump has failed. And yet with our bodies, we may not, um, you know, you go in once a year and you get checked. Um, if, if that, if you do go in once a year, um, my husband hasn't been <laughs> into a doctor five years and I'm like you know how do you I love personally I love going in and I love getting (laughs) checked and I actually keep a a pretty um, detailed log of my different biometrics and I like to track kind of trends and look at that and you know there are a lot of commercial products and offerings out there that that help you do that but I think this idea of the human body um, having multiple sensors that we're not even aware of right like new novel sample types i think of think about like menstrual blood for example is one that no one's really explored yet right and yet there are over 300 menstrual blood and um if you use like proteomic methods you can maybe understand that um and and look at what may be causing infertility for example as mm-hmm. as just one sort of ideas uh, of using your body's own biometrics and natural single signals to help, um, again, um, manage and predict disease. So I think that is going, that concept is going to be built out. I think, you know, maybe there will be a chip of some sort that um, is implanted into, you know, your, your arm or your, your brain or something that helps you um, enter other realms and thinking of, you know, augmented reality and, We'll start with glasses and there'll be contact lenses and eventually it'll be in the lead, but that chip could also be used to 
um, overlay other information. And I can imagine you seeing your own biometrics, your own levels, and um, mm -hmm. being able to track longitudinally your symptoms and detect disease um, early on. So I think that will enable us from this more reactive healthcare system to proactive and, and again, preventative healthcare. So I think that's where, where things will go for those who are able to it. Um, and I think, you know, that will, uh, that's kind of a, a separate topic, but that will cause kind of a sort of a distribution of people who are able to um, proactively and predict sort of what their um, malaise may be and what illness they may develop. And then there will be people who, um, you know, won't be able to uh, access that same level of, of insight or, or detail into their health. Um, mm -hmm. But, and then there's kind of, you know, where I would hope it would go, which is again, if we are able to leverage, you know, if we're able to lower the cost of some of this technology um, and able to scale it in a way that makes sense for kind of population level health, then, um, you know, then maybe we won't have the, the dichotomy and this dispersion of access to resources and, you know, again, the haves and the have-nots. And I think a lot about that, just kind of the, the inequality and how that will play out in our healthcare system. Nice, nice. Mika, no, this is fascinating. I really appreciate, you know, the, the, the these elements that you're mentioning. And I definitely see ourselves going towards um, these, uh, these areas in the future. It's very, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be in health. And I, I'm, I'm really uh, fascinated by the things that you're focused on and working on. Uh, and, and Mika, what I'm, I'm kind of curious on as well, one thing we always uh, sometimes ask our listeners also is, you know, especially those that are in health, um, you know, what is something you do on a personal basis or on a daily or weekly basis that uh, keeps keeps the engine going for yourself and keeps you health feeling healthy and, and well? Just just curious. Yeah, I would say sleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's the popular sleep and dreams course in in undergrad, Doctor Dement's course, and um, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't get into the course. It was oversubscribed, of course, but. Um, but I did read part of, of his book and, um, I also took a human behavioral biology book and, um, the or course and with Robert Sapolsky and, and just anyway, the, the impact of, of sleep and the ability for your body to fight, um, you know, different types of stressors is just, is so important. So I always try to get eight hours of sleep and I also try to, um, to fit in yoga at least three times a week. I try to bike. I live in LA, so driving is kind of a way of life, but I try to bike whenever possible and just, just stay active and healthy. Don't overdo it, but just keep moving and and uh, try to get enough sleep. Good, good. No, I love it, Mika. I'm right there with you. And it's interesting how, you know, all the simple things are coming back in vogue and, um, you know, for a long time, you know, there was this kind of like this hustle culture uh, which is, which is, there's something that's said to be done, but, you know, just getting good sleep, uh, you know, resting the brain and, uh, it is such an interesting phenomenon that when you are well rested, such good things happen. Right. And, um, Mika, this is great. Exactly. And uh, yeah. And what, what, what I just want to say is I, I really appreciate you coming on and speaking about your, your background, where you've been and where it's led you to your passions in health 
as well as what you view the future of health being and, and where we see ourselves going. Uh, and also for sharing, yeah, that this personal tidbit, you know, on, on your personal habits uh, that keep you feeling uh, great and healthy. Uh, my, uh, Mika, my very last question for you is uh, social media wise or people, our listeners, maybe just reaching out and saying hi. Uh, if you would like that to happen, what would be a good way to, to reach out to you and say hi? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say on, on LinkedIn or on Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm under Mika Eddie. Twitter, my handle is at Mika Stephanie with an F. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mika, thank you again so much for, for being on the show, for sharing uh, your story with us. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And for our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Uh, Mika, again, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony. Okay. Thanks for the thank opportunity. You. Thank you so much, Mika. Really appreciate it. Thank sure. you. Sure. Bye.